Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome back to Wild On Season 5, the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wild world of wrestling and witchcraft. On Wednesdays, <laughs> today's guest is a sister, Jill of all trades, author, actress, podcaster, and writer of Amazon Top 100 she also lives in a very tiny home on wheels, and she's a witchcraft enthusiast. You may know her from TNA, ROH, Shimmer, and OVW. Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Taylor Hendricks. I'm so excited to finally make this happen. We kept missing each other and then just bad things. So nothing but good vibes, positive juju, all of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think your last day at Impact was also Angelina's and it was my first day. I think Sarita was also her last day. So I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. I was like, no. <laughs> Wrestling is so weird like that, though. You uh, you know, people stay for extended periods and then they leave and you don't know how long it's going to be for. But then, you know, inevitably they always come back or you end up just re, <laughs> re being in each other's energy. So I'm really happy that we're doing it this way. Yes. I, I remember posting that photo and I was like, oh, man, I miss this woman. Like, <laughs> let's do this. And I feel like uh, even though we keep kind of missing each other wrestling wise, we have had really parallel careers in you're kind of a Jill of all trades. Like you are not defined by professional wrestling. Wrestling is just a part of who you are, but you've been very busy. You are an author and a podcaster. Let's start from the transition to wrestling to writing. How did that come to be? I would have to say I was always a writer. Honestly, okay. I was writing while I was at Impact Wrestling. I was writing during my loops for WWE. I was writing while I was at Ring of Honor. Um, I took creative writing classes in high school. And, you know, uh, my second book, A Fish for the Wishes Trish, was actually based off of this haiku assignment I had in the sixth grade. Oh, and wow. I memorized it. And even after all of my wrestling concussions, for whatever reason, <laughs> I still remember that. I have all the useful stuff, right? So then I yeah. just decided, well, you know what? It's in my head for a reason. Why not turn it into a book? And I did. I mean, why not you? Why not right now? Why mm -hmm. delay your goals for some preconceived notion of perfection that doesn't even really exist. I don't, sure. you know, so for me, I just turned around and I said, you know, why not me? Why not right now? Why not today? Why not bet on myself to win and, you know, embody all the things that I believe in and actually be about it? You know, like I said on my podcast the other day, I was like, don't be a dentist with bad teeth, like be about it. And so <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now, where are you with current projects when it comes to writing like you you've done so well already is this going to be an ongoing project for you oh yeah I yeah. plan on doing this for the rest of my life I think people don't realize how fickle being a professional athlete actually is you know I talk about this on with other professional athletes be it the NFL and and so forth on my podcast and mm -hmm. you know and you know yourself for doing this for such an extended period of time you're never fully in control of your career you're always one waking nightmare away from it, it all being gone 
totally that income being gone that attention being gone that lifestyle being gone and if we're being honest the lifespan of a pro athlete as well as the career of a pro athlete is so much shorter than people realize you know yes you can make a lot more money than a lot of other jobs that are out there but your your time frame your window with which to do that is so small in comparison to a doctor or you know sanitation or whatever the case may be so I always knew that I needed other skills besides wrestling because one day whether it's your choice or not your career will end you yeah. know, you see that happen in baseball and wrestling, the NFL, MMA, you know, and so I always wanted to have other skills, other avenues to continue to provide a life for myself, my future family and create generational wealth instead of all of this baggage that turns into me passing down generational curses. So that's, oh. that's the goal. Love this. <laughs> When you have more skills in your wheelhouse, you're so much more interesting and you're so much more desirable to a major company, whatever your chosen field. So I think you're onto a really, you know, a really smart, good path. Not onto, you're on a really smart, good path. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I it's so it's so crazy and nice to hear nice things. <laughs> I'm just like, oh wow. Oh, oh thank it's you. True. And I think as women and women who are, you know, doers, for lack of a better term, you're just always on to the next thing. You're, there's very little downtime, very little gratitude for oneself. And I just want to hold space. You're a badass. You're doing it. So congratulations on being amazing. Thank you. So are you. I mean, being a professional wrestler, being a professional athlete, being a mother, being an amazing human being, being a firefighter, like you're also doing that. And I think the more stories that are told like that, the more that all of us can be a part of someone else's survival guide, which I think should be a goal as well as trying to, as adults, be the adults we needed as children. I think society would be such a better place if we, you know, all of us started collectively doing that. Oh, you hit a nerve there, girl. Yeah, I could not agree more. A lot of us have generational trauma and we're the crazy ones talking about it and stopping it and putting it all out there in our messiness. Yes, that's not, it's not easy to do when everybody can just attack you and there's no consequences because they're they're hiding under the group identity anonymity that happens. Yeah. And so being vulnerable, especially with no control over any of it is very difficult. But I think yeah. the more people that own their shizit and decide the cycle <laughs> stops here, you know, yeah. I think the better, better it would be. You know, I think we all need to be individuals again instead of group identity. I think we all need to strive for our own goals, our own everything, our own journeys. No two people are exactly alike. But I also think as a society, we can't keep blaming society for all of society's problems because we're the adults now. So even if we inherited a bad bill of goods, it's our problem. So we have to fix it. And I think one of the ways to fix it is start being adults we needed as children and heal that instead of passing it on. Um, I saw that a lot as a teacher when I was in the beginning stages of my my wrestling career. I saw so much of that, which was one of the fuel uh, or inspirations rather behind me being uh, a children's author to start off my writing career. Because I feel like if we imprint these lessons younger of self-love, of integrity, of going on your journey, overcoming challenges and obstacles and self-doubt and all of these other things, 
and being true to who you are, I think mm-hmm. the better off we all will be later on if we learn those younger. The reparenting was something that I thought I had healed. And then you have a child or you have a dog and you really realize, wow, this is a really healing thing. And I'm sure that was exactly the same as a teacher, which I didn't even know you were. How long were you a teacher for? Uh, let's see. I started off as a group leader, then site coordinator, camp counselor, personal aide, then teacher. Um, wow. So I kind of ran the gamut as far as different positions throughout the YMCA. <laughs> Yeah, but I was a teacher for a preschool teacher in my own right for about two and a half years or so. I was going to go longer, but I got so burnt out. And the credentials between different states in the U.S. are so different. When I moved to a completely different part of the country and I got a job as a preschool teacher to support myself while I was wrestling, Mm -hmm. I just got burnt out. I was like, whoa, this is very different from Massachusetts. I don't know what I just got myself into. Okay. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I loved being a personal aide. I had these two teenage boys that had Asperger's. And, oh, my gosh, they were just so, so articulate and and smart and funny. They Oh, my gosh, yeah. They were so much more humorous than I ever could be on my best day. (laughs) They were hilarious and just so witty. And I don't know, I absolutely loved that. Um, But being a a preschool teacher was so cool. And, you know, I had like, at any given time, I had 10 three-year-olds, basically. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So you can see how easy that is to get burnt out. They were 2.8 through three. So my job was to get them ready for four, uh, for them to turn four and to have all the skills necessary to go to the four-year-old classroom. And then after that would start pre-K. So I have to teach them, you know, their name, how to hold utensils, basic socialization skills, sensory and fine motor skills skills and all kinds of stuff like that. I really did like it. To be honest, I got to meet so many kids. And then years later, I got to see some of my former students at a Comic Con. Uh, No way! uh, When I was there for wrestling. And you know, it's just amazing to see everything come full circle. That was a really special moment. bet all your little babies grown up to see oh you they were so gr- i was not i was not prepared <laughs> like i i can only imagine the stories you have uh, of the innocence of the little ones especially preschoolers but five is so special because they still love mommy uh they yes. still want to be your little helper <laughs> they're not too cool for school yet that's uh, true. Five and six is so awesome. I had a bunch of five and six year olds at summer camps and oh. they were just the best. We called them pipers. Oh, oh they were so <laughs> awesome. I love kids. I, I definitely would love to be a mom someday. I think that would be an amazing journey. Yeah, you are you are in for the ride of your life. I already know that you know that. You're in the thick of yeah. it, but five is just so yeah. awesome. They ask about 5,000 mm. questions a day. They are so inquisitive. Yeah. They, uh, and being a boy mom, yeah. that just sounds so awesome. Just, yeah. <laughs> You're going to be a magnificent mom. Like, there's no bones about it, oh. even just the way you talk about children but yeah five five is very fun but your your children are your karma because my son never shuts up and <laughs> we know where he gets this from <laughs> I'm like oh sorry mom and dad I understand now <laughs> but I just turned my ver- verbal diarrhea into a career so it's okay <laughs> mom, 
Are you laughing at that too? Oh my goodness. Oh, this is Sally Sausage. A- <laughs> well, hello, Sally Sausage. Dash Hound? <laughs> yes, I have two dachshunds. Um, Slinky the weenie, who is asleep over there. He's my old man. I love him. Oh and then this is his sister, Sally Sausage. <laughs> okay, I want to just quickly redirect back to wrestling. Yes. So... You're not retired from wrestling. You're just not currently active in wrestling. I wrestled in 2020, Mm -hmm. uh, a couple months before the onset of the pandemic. Mm. Um, So obviously that's out of everyone's control. But I I was this woman's uh, first major like big match in the United States, which was really, really fun. She's from the Philippines. Oh. So that was great. That was in January of 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. And then 2021, I got seriously injured. It was, it it completely changed my life for a while. And now I am back and I'm having my first match back. (gasps) June 17th, yes, Lucha Patron. I'm going up against Santana Garrett. So I am super pumped. I am not retired. I told you when we both left, but I don't think anybody really retires from wrestling. (laughs) They say they do, but they don't. Yeah, but I had this really, really bad injury. A nerve got severed in my hand. Oh. Um, yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really gruesome. My one-year anniversary just came up, and some pe- I did, like, a video. It was almost like a hype promo. <laughs> um, and some people could not handle the gruesomeness of some of, like, the photos and footage of my I hand. Have, I have seen the photos, but I did not realize that was kind of what put you on a bit of a lull. I just, you know how we yeah. are. We just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. we get on with yeah. it, whatever. But uh, yeah, that looked, it, it was very Frankenhand. Like it was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. It looks so bad. My poor granny. She is so <sighs> squeaky. Okay, so it happened in my tiny house at home. And I don't know if you know this, but I rescue, rehabilitate, train and help um, animals get adopted. That's one of the things that I do. I really am a jewel of all You are. I love it. (laughs) Um, And so I was... I was injured all year prior to that injury. I got a sparring injury. And then um, I also uh, dislocated my shoulder, which happens a lot. And then the first day I felt great. I started getting stuff done. I had these dogs that I was working with. It was chaotic. It was awesome. They're great. (laughs) And then I go to do this, do something and glass goes right into my hand. Um, and my hand was like this, like scrunched up because I grabbed a vase like this and it shattered in the one spot that I grabbed it. And then just blood started pouring out like a horrible B-rated horror movie because I had had (laughs) aspirin earlier in the day and I was home alone with all of these animals. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I cannot let anything happen to these animals. I'm bleeding all over the place. Um, There's glass. I cannot let that get in their paw pads or in their mouth. And I start to fall to the floor (laughs) because it knocked the wind out of me, the pain, because it's a nerve. So the pain (sighs) just went, it's. It was, it was so intense and I have a really high pain threshold and this sure. was just too much. And then the glass vase starts to fall like this. And I don't know what possessed me here, but I did some sort of matrix shizit where <laughs> I put my hand, my good hand, take my good hand, my good hand. <laughs> and I somehow get it under the falling vase, catch it, put it back up onto the counter. And then I just drop to the floor and then I'm using my body to prevent the dogs that I'm working with and my own dogs from getting into my blood. And I call my husband. And so he comes home and he just sees just this massacre. 
<laughs> yes. And so I'm trying to clean it up while, and then he gets the dogs, you know, out of the situation. Mm-hmm. He brings <laughs> this giant first aid kit that we keep. Um, and I end up having to call my mom. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, mom, I need you to tell me right now without any BS, like how close are the nerves and the tendons to the surface of the hand? Because I need to make an executive decision here. <laughs> That's exactly how it sounded. Wow. I was very just matter of fact. So Good. long story short, I couldn't, I was losing control of my fingers. I couldn't move. I couldn't like do anything. Couldn't do none of this. Couldn't wow. do this. Nothing. You know, I had to relearn how to write and do all kinds of really humbling things. But I do think everything does happen for a reason. I heard you say that in an interview with Fightful and, you know, I really do believe that. So I kind of really bonded over reading that from your interview. Aww. It really does give you a different perspective and Mm -hmm. it does happen for a reason you can find a positive out of something negative so (laughs) oh gosh yeah now this tiny home thing I love it big big fan (laughs) was this a pandemic thing were you guys already in a tiny home already in it I must have annoyed the entire female (laughs) roster at ROH because (laughs) I was obsessed with the tiny house movements I watched all the tiny Mm -hmm. house shows I did the research I looked up the (laughs) analytics between tiny houses RVs container homes like everything I was so (laughs) annoying (laughs) but I'm the type of person whatever I say I'm about it so yeah, yeah lo and behold a couple years later in a tiny house. This was definitely not a pandemic thing. It was more of just a a me thing. And it's been a source of freedom and fun and excitement. And yes. I love it. That's so cool. So how many states have you lived in now with your tiny home? <sighs> more than five. <laughs> okay. Is this something you think you'll do for another few years? Or have yeah. you already started to? Yeah. Yeah. We, we love this still. Okay. Oh, but. yeah. Yeah. I love it. I I don't know. I just love the freedom it provides. You know, you do have to kind of practice those preschool kindergarten ways, you know, when you, you know, put something back where you found it and, uh, sure. you know, don't play with the trash, you know, <laughs> take the trash out, get rid of all that negativity. Yeah. You know, and a little mess looks like a big mess in a tiny house and you have to utilize right. vertical space. But Overall, if you figure out what is most important to you and kind of make the best decision on the style of the house and stuff and be Mm -hmm. educated, I think it's great. The bills aren't the same as, you know, one of those big giant apartments or big giant houses that people tend to get just to post on Instagram to impress people that don't even care anyway. And then the cycle. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I'm just doing we're doing us doing me and I love it. I think one of the more sustainable ways to live tiny is to keep your house parked. Um, And that's Mm. what I tend to do because a lot of people, they don't really talk about that on HGTV. But if you think about it, realistically speaking, if you break down on the road, your house Mm -hmm. broke down on the road. You know what I'm saying? So it's actually a smarter way to go about it to do something like what you were saying with the recreational resort cottages or RVs. They're making three bedroom, two bathroom RVs now. And I'm talking like walk-in closet, washer, dryer, dishwasher, residential stoves and fridges, walk-in tile showers, like for people up to seven feet tall. And and they're cheaper than the actual tiny houses. So that's what I'm saying, like do the research on what actually works, you know, best for you and the things that are absolutely necessary. You don't have to travel. 
So you grew up in Mass, which to yes. me is a very magical place because that is where Salem is. And I got to go to Salem with one of my best witchy girlfriends who I've had on the show, Michelle Sanctuary. We literally just got up one day or it was in the evening and we said, you know what, let's drive to Salem tomorrow. And, you know, it took us 16 hours. But tell me how growing up near Salem having that as a place you can visit because you're obviously very witchy oriented how did that affect you growing up in massachusetts you know i grew up in a legit bona fide haunted house so oh i mean that was just love far it. for the course and you know i grew yeah. up in a half catholic half pagan house oh wow so i had a very interesting well-rounded upbringing going to a christian church with my aunt and okay. going to salem every year in the fall with what whether it's school because we always had school field trips there and then obviously with my family and stuff. And that's something we still do today. Uh, it's amazing. Really? There's nothing like Salem for Halloween. There's nothing like it. Yeah, it's just so amazing. Just the vibe there and everything. The Hawthorne Hotel to the really old. That's where I stayed. Isn't it amazing? Yes. It's so stunning. It's stunning. It's beautiful. It makes my soul happy that you got to go there. Just the people, the vibe, the energy. It is oh, awesome. Well, there's something to be said, you know, you when you're immersed in that kind of life, when you love witchcraft, spirituality, things of that higher mindset, you find your people anyways, and you can talk at nauseum about those things that you love, the occult. But when you go to Salem, everyone wants to talk about it, and it's normal, and it's it's so like invigorating because you know you've got your handful of metaphysical stores in Toronto probably more than your you know average city because it is a metropolitan city but there's just there is something magical about Salem and of course it's the history but I'm really interested to hear more about your pagan catholic upbringing how how much have you taken in into adulthood with those two modes of belief I got the pagan stuff from my mom and uh, oh. the Christian stuff from my aunt. They are two amazing, formidable, kind and compassionate and empathetic people in my life. So I love them dearly. I think it keeps me grounded as a person to yeah. feel like there's a father above and a mother on earth. You know, a mom and a dad looking out for you and trying to help you guide your moral compass to be the best mm -hmm. person that you can be. So yeah, that's always been with me and a part of me with everything that I do. Do you still practice many rituals? I don't do many ceremonies um, just because I am a person that is very controlling of my environment. So I like to only do things that I know I can control. I don't necessarily leave a, my door unlocked with a neon uh, sign that says, open, come on in, take what you want. Um, so that's kind of how I I approach everything. You know, growing up in a haunted house, you learn some rules real, real quick. Uh, <laughs> so. I love that. Well, I, I always save this at the end for my top 10 tailor-made questions. One of my questions, we're going to skip ahead, is do you believe in ghosts? We've answered this. Can you tell me one of your most favorite ghost stories growing up in that house? Okay, so this is probably a, a two and a half part story. I want to turn these into books. I already have the book series <gasps> titled down. Love it. Yeah, so... <laughs> This is why I'm so careful with my environment because I feel like once the paranormal sees you, they will always know you. 
I agree. That's something that people won't understand unless they have experienced it. But I I legitimately grew up in a house that was built in 1912. This guy across the street, it was all farmland in the early 1900s. And he had at least four sons. And upon his passing, or maybe before that, I don't really know, uh, the Mm -hmm. land was divided up for each son. And each son built a house. The oldest son built my house. Um, Where I grew up in New Bedford, we were one of the wealthiest cities in the continental U.S we were known for whaling back in the day ah. we were also known for frederick douglas and we had a stop in the underground railroad that took people from all over the country to our city and then we smuggled them all the way up our border into canada so it's a really old historical city so i mean it's not surprising there would be a lot of haunted houses we're the most haunted region in the u.s so my house is built in 1912 and we moved in and when i was five years old my grandmother died in the house she died of cancer Mm, i'm sorry my sister every year for her birthday used to get one of those giant balloons where if you hit it it played music and made noise and that balloon has just been chilling in our dining room for months it's early spring or whatever uh it's still chilly the windows are closed there's no ac there's no cross breeze there's no nothing and i Mm -hmm. see my mother and my cousin's face just turn really really weird almost like a and i see this movement out of the corner of my eye and this balloon comes in from the dining room through that tiny little hallway and into our living room just like this and then it without any reason at all, it makes a perfect U-turn and goes right back out, right back into the dining room. It didn't bob. It didn't sway. It was literally as if somebody was just holding the balloon like this and came in, wanted us to know it was there, (laughs) turn around. I jumped off of that love seat so gosh darn fast. (laughs) A few months later, girl, a few months later, I am at home alone. No one else is home, and I am in that creepy darn bedroom. I go all the way across my room to put something away in the closet. I open the door. Boom! It was like the precursor to a wrestling face bump, I swear. Oh, my God. was in my closet all the way up in my upstairs bedroom to the right halfway down the upstairs hallway. It hit me so hard. I stumbled back, hit my bed, did like a barrel roll over my bed and ran and pretty much fell down all 14 stairs to get to the first floor, ran out the front door into the street, almost got hit by a car. I would not go back in until my parents came home. It was awful. That is insane. In my imagination, there's no complication. If you could choose one song that would be the theme song of your life, what would it be? Okay, it's a toss-up between two songs from the same artist. Does that count? Absolutely. Okay, thank goodness. Okay. (laughs) It would be by Mama Cass Elliott or Cass Elliott uh, for those who aren't Mama and Papa fans. (laughs) Um, It would be her songs, two songs, different that she in in which she sang in HR Puff and stuff in the early 70s or late yep. 60s and then her other song make your own kind of music oh. those are yeah those i would say would define my life love that okay <laughs> what is your zodiac sign and what zodiac sign pops up in your life the most in terms of your friends your husband your partners what zodiac sign has been your most compatible throughout your life I'm not sure what is most compatible, mm-hmm. but I do know that I am a Gemini. Ah. 
Yes. <laughs> and I think that pops up in every aspect of who I am because I'm a very adaptable person. Gemini is definitely multifaceted. They say it's two-faced, but I don't think that's correct. I think it's having the ability to adapt to your environment and make it work to your benefit. So I think you're Yes, yes. It. Like a sunflower does not grow in the Arctic for a reason. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is your secret supernatural power? I'm not too sure. I know I'm very sensitive to energies. So certain types of people will literally just, it feels like they'll suck the life out of me. Uh, Absolutely. I would say that I'm very sensitive to energies. There are certain types of people that I gravitate towards mm -hmm. because their energy matches really well with my own. Mm -hmm. And there are other people that I just find so exhausting, even if they're amazing people. And I would also say that I am very in touch with my grandfather. Oh. He was a boxer and he served in the military as a minor. Oh, wow. And I always feel like he's with me. Like, I, I feel like he would have loved to have seen me as a wrestler. Um, I almost went into the military instead of wrestling because I wanted to honor him. But then I remembered all the struggles that he had after the military. Okay. And I figured, you know, he wouldn't want that for me. So then I tried to honor him in a lot of other ways. Okay. So, yeah, I really do. I really, you know what? Forget it. He is my, my spiritual superpower. Yes. I am owning that. Perfect. Oh, well, I, that, that's a really beautiful one. So thank you for sharing that. Okay, switch gears. What has been your most embarrassing moment in the ring? When I was at WWE, I was having my tryout and I'm wrestling Jessica Havoc and bless her heart, <laughs> my gear broke. So after that, I learned to, I started sewing a piece of elastic into the back of the halter. So if the clips ever came undone again, it would still stay attached. Smart. Okay. Where can all our wonderful listeners find you, your books, your podcasts, your socials? Tell me all the things. You guys can totally find me all over social media. I am on Twitter with at Taylor underscore Hendricks. I am on Instagram with at Taylor Hendricks ROH, Ring of Hendricks. I am sorry they're not the same, but they were fake me's on the platform before the real me was because I'm just not that cool. Um, <laughs> you can it find happens. me on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Taylor Hendricks. I do things like Motivation Mondays, uh, Lessons from a Nursing Home, Q&A Wednesdays, pretty much every week, all kinds of fun content. Um, you can also find all four of my books on Amazon. Uh, the fourth book, The Hopeful Spider by Taylor Hendricks is officially on Amazon. Uh, love it. Each one of my children's books is a story that I have personally lived that I turned into a fantastical, nonsensical adventures for uplifting parents um, and adults in general, as well as children in a way that both can bond and understand and grow over together with good talking points. Um, I also have my first book, It's Not Easy Being a Sloth. Um, is not only on Amazon, it's also on barnesandnobles.com with their Nook app. So you can definitely check that out. And my website, taylorhendricks.net. And of course, all of my articles that come out with fightful.com. And my podcast is every single Tuesday on russosbrand.com. You've got talks with Taylor Hendricks. And that's Yay! that. Okay, last one. Finish this lyric. <clears throat> oh, okay. Ready? All the leaves are brown. All the leaves are brown and the sky is gray. <laughs> and the sky is gray. Yay! I went out for a walk on a winter's day. Live. 
I truly enjoyed that interview. It's been a very long time since I've seen Taylor. She's doing amazing things, and I would expect no less. And she will be re-debuting into the wrestling world this summer, so don't miss out. Stay tuned. And I could not, would not be able to do this Wild On podcast without my badass punk rock girl band, the Wild On team, my right-hand woman, my queen, my girl, my creative partner, Editor and producer Rochelle Duras, the queen of all the things of the interwebs and the things I just simply don't know how to do, marketing specialist Madison Golshani. Until next week, stay calm and wild on. Keep calm, wild on. I don't fucking know what it is. You know what? This is the last time I'm saying it. That's it. Blessed be.